Yo, what is up, everybody? My name is Kid Icarus, and this is my podcast. My guest today is a fantastic hip-hop artist from Denver, Colorado. You can find his most recent single, Oxygen, over on Spotify, along with his album, Cherry Woods. Please welcome Backpack Zach. Thank you, man. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Go, I have a conscious thought, like, okay, I'm locking the door. And then I walk to my car, get in my car, and yep. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then I just get out. Yeah, and go, no, like... I do the exact same yeah, thing. It's so same thing with, like, my the lock on my car, where, like, if I park somewhere, like, lock the door, I'll walk away and then, like, turn around and click the button a few more times yeah. until I hear it beep, you know? Totally. Um, yeah, I'm always unsure about everything. Um, so, what was up, man? What have you been up to lately? um yeah any any good shows lately that you performed at yeah um well so I, my last show was actually at a little it was a little bar in santa monica um okay. man now i'm blanking on the name mm-hmm. it's a cool name though ah i'll think of it later Does it happened to be the trip no no okay that is a cool name though <laughs> uh, it's, it's a pretty cool spot um i i mean i've only been there for like they they have like a afternoon open mic oh really um, i don't know if they still do i haven't been there since before the pandemic um so okay. it's it's hard to know what place i used to use yeah. this website called open mics.org um mike spelled like the name mike instead of like uh. the mic but they would have all these open mics on there but it didn't update during the pandemic so now everything on there i'm like i don't know if any of these places are still going on because like so many places shut down and stuff. I know that the right. bar is still open. I don't know if they do the open mic, but they probably have started it I up see. again by now. Yeah, I mean, I hope. I yeah. think it's such a good like, especially in this town, you know, like yeah. for bars to just be like, hey, let's have an open mic. Because mm-hmm. there's so many like artists who just yeah. want to, yeah. you know. I mean, it's compared to the other option that is like having to sell tickets and stuff like open mics are necessary for anybody who's starting out and yeah. doesn't have anybody to sell tickets to totally yeah yeah uh so you you last show was at a little bar in santa monica yeah, yeah lost and found lost and found oh that, that is, is a cool, cool i know name. right yeah. yeah it's a really cool little bar um my friend keen keen visions okay. i don't know if you know him yeah yeah he's uh he kind of put together a little show that he let me on and uh it was super awesome man Right on. Um, I actually do have another show coming up Wednesday, actually. Okay. Um, at Adults Only in yeah. Hollywood. Okay. Um, it's uh, this company called Breaking Sound. They're actually a super cool company. Um, okay. And they kind of do something similar to something dope. But they basically just, you submit your music in. Mm-hmm. And then somebody emailed me back. They're like, hey, we like it. Like, you want to come on for a 30 minute set and i'm like oh dang 30 minutes yeah and then they nice. were like yo can you sell 30 tickets and i was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know because i was like ah, i just moved here like i 30 tickets i honestly wouldn't blink in denver yeah i'd be like yeah definitely but i just moved here so i was like ah sure yeah that's, <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot yeah, of tickets. so we'll see man we'll see i'm definitely gonna try to you know get as many as i can and yeah right on where's that one at uh, it's called Adults Only. Um, okay. It's in Hollywood. It's like off La Brea and, or maybe Sunset. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Sunset and La Brea. All right. So 
So you you moved here from Denver. Yeah. Um, how has the scene and the culture been like different from being in Denver? Um, I think I think the biggest difference is meeting so many like-minded individuals. Okay. You know, which yeah. is just so great. I mean, another thing is is like there's so many events like what we we're just talking about, like mm-hmm. you know something dope. Places where you can network with people who are like-minded, mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot of that going on in Denver. There's definitely some, yeah, you know, but I think in general, uh, this place is just so nice to be able to connect with other people, mm-hmm. you know, who are trying to build. And you're you're stationed more so in like the Hollywood area. Um, so I'm actually I do live in Santa Monica. Area okay, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um. Because it's it's such a this is such a dense city where like the environment in Santa Monica is so different than like Long Beach is down that way that the Inland Empire is a completely different scene uh, than yeah. everywhere else. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it is interesting how like to me, all big cities are the same, you know, but like. That's because I don't really know any other big cities from here. You <laughs> right. know, I expect Denver to be essentially like a smaller LA, but I know that like, yeah, the artists. There's not as many artists in other places as there are here in LA. Here, right? Yeah, yeah. and I think yeah, like, are you you're from here, right? I uh, I lived. Uh, I moved here when I was 15, um, but I was born here. I moved to Washington for a while, Arizona to a while, and Colorado uh, for a right. while. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You did live in Colorado yeah. for a while. Yeah. Just oh, Colorado awesome. Springs for two years. Yeah. Um, I love the Springs. The Springs is a great place. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was nice. Uh, my brother still lives out there. Um. It was. It's weird because it was so short that like I didn't really have friends and stuff yeah you know? yeah yeah definitely um you gotta like stay somewhere for a while before you get like yeah. a feel for it yeah totally. i did do uh i did do uh kung fu at colorado for like a year though. really yeah how was that um it was i don't know i can't tell it's hard to judge um because like now i do like uh like competition kind of mma you oh know? really yeah That's uh, awesome. so it's hard to look back and be like because any style could be good and any school could be good. It depends on how like tested the people who run it are. Um, okay, and yeah. like since I was young at that time, I was 14 at the time, I don't think, and just beginning, they didn't throw me in the deep end like uh, my martial arts class here did. Uh, um, so it's hard for me to judge whether or not it was a legitimate school or not. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but That's yeah, uh, moving to LA, how has how has your um, your music efforts been um, rewarded? How has that been going? Uh, have you did you release Oxygen after coming to LA or before? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um. So yeah, I think I those last two songs I've been living here. Okay. Trying to do and oxygen um i think one thing that this city does in general and i don't want to talk shit about my city i love my city yeah but me in particular this might have been my fault also you know Mm -hmm. but i was felt like i was surrounded about by people who 
um, our ambition wasn't aligning. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and then when I moved here, it's like everybody here has like an amplified ambition. Do yeah. you think? Yeah, I get, I get you. Everybody's trying to be the top. Everybody's trying to get to the highest place they can. Cause right. yeah, this is the place where stars are. I mean, I was going to say stars are born, but this is the place where stars end up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think there's just uh it's it's the general vibe here and it's the people that you meet, you mm -hmm. know, everybody's very driven and they're all like just not making excuses type people. Yeah. And I think Denver for whatever reason, man, I think one reason is it's so beautiful. Like the mm -hmm. just the land is amazing, like there's lots of views everywhere. People mm -hmm. are genuine genuinely like happy. Yeah. And not very like we got to get it, you mm -hmm. know? And I think that the whole culture here is just very much like, nope, any means necessary. Like, we got to do this. We got to make this happen. Like, yeah. this is why we came out here. You yeah. Know? And uh, for that reason, I think that's helped me a lot to just, like, turn it up a notch. Because you are who you hang with, you know, yeah. subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't, you know, you're like, oh, you differentiate, like your differences between your friend group, mm -hmm. you still are comparing yeah. yourself to that and therefore like not working as hard as you can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I always say like you're, you're like the combination of the five people you hang out with the most. Yeah. And, I yeah. totally agree with that. Yeah. And so like when they're, when you're hanging out with people that are kind of like, Oh, these people aren't doing as much as they could be. You start absorbing too much of that so you gotta you gotta be able to be like nah i need a new environment exactly in. um yeah oh man i had a thought there hustling people people hustling here um ambitious here stars here man i forgot what i was gonna <laughs> say I hear you. um the oh yes so about the the fact that like people are genuinely happy in colorado um yeah i think that a part of it too is that here they say that they've done studies before. I don't know if they have. I'm I'm saying I'm saying stuff I've heard as if it's a legitimate fact. <laughs> um, I've heard before that people are more happy in poverty when their city is isolated in poverty because they can't compare it. But if you have a poor area next to a very rich area, the poverty is felt more They're greatly. Really unhappy about and it, right? And in LA. We have that. We have mm -hmm. the richest people in the world, and then we have very poor places. Right. And so that I think part of that ambition comes from seeing both sides where you're like, I want to be there, and I want to not be there, yes. you know? Um, and so that, that contrast, it's also like the thing that I think people don't um, expect when coming to L.A. is how, um, you know, you walk down hollywood boulevard and there's like a block that's really nice yes and then you pass that block or you go one street over and it's slums yeah. like it's the grimiest place totally man. yeah right um yeah what were you did it uh live up to your expectations coming here like so that's what's so shocking? funny like i used to live in la okay. uh hollywood yeah Back in the day, like when I moved, I, I got out of high school. I graduated high school mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm not going to college. I found this trade school called Musicians Institute. Okay. It's off like Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And so I just moved out here, 
like I had like student loans and shit. I was make I was getting like a hundred and twenty dollars a week, mm-hmm. and like going to school, and it was so fucking rough, bro. Like yeah. honestly, like I hated it because I'm. I also didn't have a car, so then I'm mm-hmm. like landlocked in the middle of Hollywood. I live off Hollywood Boulevard, like yeah. right on like Yucca. I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the it's like your neighbors are people who live in tents and stuff you know yep. like and it was just so grimy and dirty and it's like dude this is not what you yeah, expect because you, you know hollywood boulevard's on the movies you know mm-hmm. like everything you see scenes of them like on the movies and stuff and you're like oh it's dope there it's so sunny no yeah you go one block to the north that's, and, like, that's the trick right they tell you it's right off hollywood boulevard and you're like of all the places that are gonna be nice it's gotta be there right <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like no no beverly hills is nice exactly hollywood not nice right at all. i think that's the thing is like people from out of state they get they think like Beverly Hills and Hollywood are like the same thing. Yeah. I thought that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And part of that is the fact that like other places aren't as condensed as LA where like it is just two blocks away. Like, right. You're, you go from the slums to the nicest parts in like it's five minutes. Even in LA traffic, it's a five minute drive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and like it's, it's wild how it works like that. Totally. Um, Especially because, like, you'd think that all these rich people would not want to be around the, like, dangers of those places. But, like, they still are putting their, like, high-rise business buildings in, like, K-Town. And, like, (laughs) you you walk outside the building and it's, like, yeah, homeless people all over. And, like, not not to degrade any homeless people, but... You don't feel necessarily safe when there's somebody yelling at himself walking down the street. And you're yeah. like, oh, this guy could do anything to me. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I definitely have some stories, too. Like, I remember back when I lived in Hollywood, we were doing the show, like, two blocks. It was, like, on La Brea. And we left the show, and we walked up to go get some Gatorade from, like, the gas station. Mm. And we walked past these dudes. And I like, you know, I lived there. So there was this older black dude who used to smoke a blunt every day. He'd smoke a Swisher in front of this gas station. There was also a homeless uh, Vietnam vet, white guy, and he was in a wheelchair. Mm. And they would, they, I'd seen them both multiple times, you know. And I walked past them. We didn't think anything of it. They were kind of arguing back and forth. Put that blunt out. He's like, put the weed out. Put the weed out. The dude was like, I stand here every fucking day. Like, mm-hmm. you got me fucked up. We walked down the street. We came back. There's cops everywhere. There's a pool of blood, bro. Like, the the dude, like, fucking stabbed him, bro. He, the guy in the wheelchair stabbed him. And it's like... And then did he run away? <laughs> that's the thing. We were like, where is he? Yeah. And they were like, he got away. Hey, so then, like, bro. they're looking for this dude on a wheelchair... Who's homeless? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, bro, are you joking? Dude, dude is the fastest arm. Right? He's like, he, he must have went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, for real, it was, it's like, and that's the thing, dude, is like so much of that stuff is so unregulated. Yeah. Because they, they know they can't do anything, anything about it. Like, yeah. It's a huge problem that's just growing. and Yeah. And it's, it's so many people. You can't, you can't, with any amount of people, there's chaos, but with this many people, there's tons of it. Yeah. And you can't do anything about it. There's not, no solutions. 
I mean, the best you can do is try to give some mentally ill people mental health care, but even that is a shady thing because, like, you start... Because, like, you think about, like, homeless people particularly, like, how do you get them into care? Like, most of them would not want care exactly. if you offered it to them. And then, like, if you start making rules where it's like, well, we're going to force people to get care... Well, who's going to be the judge of who's actually insane or not? Cause yeah, that, that's where it gets tricky. Exactly, because like, if you once you give somebody power to determine somebody's sanity, like that's that's a lot of that's power. They're going to abuse it. Yeah, no question. Like it's going to be abused. I know, especially um, if you like make a, you try to make a rule, right? Yeah, because it's like with with these people, mm-hmm. they're people, they're mm-hmm. individuals. Yep. They all have individual problems. Like you can't address. You know what I mean? Where yeah. where it's like, hey, you guys can't wear pants out. Like, you have to wear pants when you're outside. Like, mm-hmm. that's a very, you know, everybody can do that. But you can't do that with mental health. You can't yeah, draw no. the line and be like, if they do this, then they're crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, there's so many blurred lines and stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah. On, I mean, this this brings us to the dis- this discussion. Um, creative people are crazy insane people yeah 100 so it's it there's a thin line between somebody who could be revolutionary and somebody who's crazy yeah um and so like when you start being like oh the when you start trying to determine which one's which it's impossible you can't do it exactly um so with you and your uh your music career here um mm-hmm. what has been you know, you you go to you go see people perform and stuff. Who has been the oddest performance that you have seen? Has there ever been a show that you've gone to or an open mic where somebody's performed and you're like, "This Yo. dude is losing his mind right now. Like he's dude. having a breakdown on stage." I think were you there when that dude Legion came on? Oh, I've I've seen him. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that guy is fucking sick, bro. He's pretty great. Yeah, yeah when he was I like, as you were saying that, that was the act that popped into my yeah. head. Because he, he performed that song, Psycho. Mm-hmm. You remember? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm a motherfucking psycho. Yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, this is wild. Like, this is what you should be doing, you know? Like, yeah. he's really standing out. Yeah, I've, I've talked to him on Instagram after that performance. Yeah. Um, and we, we were talking, like, I, I love that he does, like, dubstep inspired beats like i have said for a long time like i don't know why more people aren't doing that because like it blends perfectly like hip-hop with like hard edm like it's it's a perfect match both are aggressive styles of music yep and like yeah it blends together really well and then have you seen his videos yeah like they're they're all very like reminiscent of like Power Man 5000 and like other like late 90s early 2000 metal bands yeah and yeah he's, he does a fantastic job of blending super those. sick yeah yeah I totally agree bro he's uh-huh. very like an individual you know yeah like, right he's really paving his own way shout out to that dude and, Legion yeah shout out Legion I I think that um I think that with the way um trends in music go like he he's on the forefront of a wave that is coming. I agree. Um, I agree. That's definitely like an like an untouched gem. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because there, I I follow metal music a lot, um, and I used to I used to be mocked 
because I love Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit was my favorite band when I was like 16. Okay. Um, yeah. And people would be like, that is the worst band ever. Um, Limp Bizkit is now respected in the metal community. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> And I feel vindicated, but it's yeah. that same wave. It's that same wave of like late late '90s, early 2000s new metal, and like to get ahead of the curve, like Legion is to be like, I'm gonna blend these styles right now before anyone else does. Yeah, props to him for yeah, figuring that for out. For real, that is so sick. Yeah, and it, it's also just so sick to like to be like, okay, I've never heard anything like this. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna drop it. Yeah, you know, because it's one thing to make a song like that, and then you know, I mean, I don't know if you feel like this, but this is kind of the thing with writer's block is like when when I make a song that's different from stuff that I've made before, mm -hmm. I'm like, automatically, I'm like, is this trash as fuck? Yeah. Kind of. Like, there's a part of me that's like, is this dog shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I like, I show it to a couple people and they're like, oh, this is cool. I love this. And I'm like, okay. So they see the vision. Mm -hmm. But like, at first, you know, with just that, primary source of yourself being like okay i just made this is super different like yeah. should i put it out and then just not second guessing it and being like dude what dropped. what song have you released that's like that what's what's the song that has done tried a risk that you weren't sure about when you made it for sure my newest song oxygen actually okay yeah. what's the what's the risk what did you do different there that you weren't sure about so i think the biggest thing Thinking back on it, it's a it's a different type of song. Like it's very mm -hmm. melody driven, okay. simple. Okay. And I'm singing more. Okay. Mostly I rap and like yeah. looking for bars, metaphors, stuff like that. But this one, I was like, this is how this beat's making me feel. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing, looking back, besides all of the differences music wise, because I've always known that I was like capable of making different type of music. Mm -hmm. This song, I, I've been dating a girl for seven years. Okay. I, like, she was my high school sweetheart. We, like, turned into adults together. I don't know if okay. you, yeah, like, no, had a relationship you. like that, but yeah. it's, like, it's really hard to break up with that person if you feel like it's not right anymore. Mm -hmm. It's, like, an impossible thing. Um, and I also, throughout me writing music, it's always been kind of this persona that's writing it that's like my ego mm -hmm. you know where i'm like oh i don't care about these girls like i run through them like i don't care and this was the first song where i was like dude this girl fucked me up to the point where i feel like my life is stopping because yeah. of it you know mm -hmm. and so to to tap into a different type of music is one thing but to tap into those real raw emotions yeah. that i've never been able express to express so clearly in exactly like that. Yeah. yeah um that was what was super different for me it's you that know? is that vulnerability that you weren't sure about exactly yeah, i get that yeah. um, i have written uh songs like that where i am trying to express something meaningful yeah and i have absolutely failed at it um, me too where like i i was i went to a studio to like record it nice i had it written and performed it and my friends were there laughing and i was like oh snap this Damn. was a bad move yeah. i was like this is gonna be great it's so different so weird <laughs> yeah they're they were laughing and then i was like oh is it is it not working that like no it sounds great and i'm like 
nope, I can tell. They, they <laughs> yeah. do not like this. I was like, all right, so this one's not getting on the mixtape. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's great that like that one turned out like you showed it to people and they were like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. It was like a lot of people that were like following my music already. They were like, I feel like I was waiting for this song. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, interesting. And that's another reason why I was a little hesitant to put it out is because it's like I have been building this fan base. So now they expect a certain vibe from me. Mm hmm. And at the same exact time, that's exactly why I did drop it. Because I don't want them to have these expectations. Like, yeah. This is his sound. Mm-hmm. You know? I just feel like then you get put into this box. Oh, bro. I think that the best artists release projects that don't sound like the last. I that's, totally agree. That's my mark of a good artist. Yeah. Um, I always bring up Kanye on this podcast. I love Kanye. Yeah. And that, He's a great example. Yeah. It's yeah. That's that's what I think is his biggest strength is his ability to make albums that are cohesive and they every song sounds like they fit together, mm-hmm. but each album's different than the last. Hundred um, percent. But also Kendrick, J. Cole, and Mac Miller all did the same thing too, where each album has its own sound, but it's different than the last yeah. album's sound. I was definitely gonna mention Mac Miller as well. Yeah. Mac Miller is a a huge inspiration for me, mm-hmm. but he, for that reason exactly, actually, that yeah. he's so, it's like he progressed like ultra fast. It's like his life being knew that it was going to be here short mm-hmm. and he had to progress. Yeah. You know, like, and I don't know, I, I've seen lots of interviews of people talking about him and stuff mm-hmm. and they're like, the dude just didn't fucking stop. Like he yeah. just made music, 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 more music, more music. And like, it's almost like there was something inside of him. Like, I don't know why I just I, have to keep creating. I, you know? I love that with him, there's a bit of a um, bit of an underdog story, I think, because like he kind of blew up with uh, what Blue Slide Park was yeah. the name of the first one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, kind of dropped off after that, uh, where like the the next one the movies movies yeah, uh, watching movies, movies with yeah. the sound off or something that that one didn't hit as that didn't hit as big as the first one did uh-huh. and like he had to claw, claw his way back and like he does it successfully after intertwining with like some legit hip hop artists yes. like cuz he came over here and started working with Vince Stables and Schoolboy Q who are like top notch and yeah. like I agree. With Blue Slide Park, he seems, and all his early mixtapes too, it seems like, oh, this guy is playing with this college rapper fad and he's going to be gone like the rest of them. And then after mixing with people like Kendrick and Vince Stables and Schoolboy Q, he was able to redefine himself as a legitimate hip hop artist. 100%. And like that, that is an inspirational story right yeah, there. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think. I think Schoolboy is kind of um, underrated for what he is. I agree. Uh, I actually totally agree. Yeah, I, his his album, the Oxymoron album, is wall to wall some of the catchiest music. And like, I I like people who spit bars and stuff. Yeah. But um, they're good for one listen. You know what I mean? Like, I if I if I want an album that I can put on repeat, like I need catchiness you yes, know 100%. like i need good hooks i need something i can latch on to and man that oxymoron album like not only is every song have a catchy hook like 
every every verse too has different like yeah. rhythms that get stuck in your head like oh yeah okay yeah yeah um, yeah how how do you balance um like a need to be lyrical and say what you need to say with the more musical side of things of being like catchier poppier um how, how do you view that that's actually a really good question i did want to talk about that okay because i feel like you know in this day and age mm-hmm. especially if you're going to be lyrical you have to be very melodic you yeah. know because people don't want it people don't want to hear that anymore like yeah. there was an era for like the futuristics and the dizzy rights mm-hmm. logics almost where it's like bars like they yeah. want to hear people spitting mm-hmm. but i think it came and went pretty fast and i think that people are more onto like the almost young thuggish you know mm-hmm. where it's like um it's lyrical like he's saying lots of words and like pitter-pattering on the beat but it's also very melodic yeah and i think for me i've always been uh you know what i mean yeah trying to slow myself down okay yeah yeah so i think sort of i i just realized that's what i do naturally and i started only focusing on the melodies and stuff you Mm -hmm. know because i'm like okay you're a lyrical dude like that's what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. when you make songs so let's focus on creating good okay. melodies. Yeah. You know what I mean? That are like catchy. And then the lyrics will be the lyrics. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good tactic. Um, I, I think that it's a good tactic in any field to look at the thing you're good at and focus on something else, you know, because the good thing you're good at, you're going to do naturally. Exactly. So you might as well push yourself. I actually say that with like, I think that that's a good tactic for bringing in influences that you're not used to is like, all right, so you, you listen, you have the sound that is your like deeper part of you. So like every song you go, Oh, I'm going to try and take this aspect from this other sound. And then when you try to make a song that sounds like that, it's going to be somewhere in between you and them. It's not going to sound like that because you're not good enough at that sound to make a song that sounds like that. Yeah. So it ends up being your own sound with just a twist on it. Yes. Um, And I think that that's a good way to develop other sounds in your own sound is just to be like, what's a little little, little thing here? Do you uh, make your beats? Um, Where where did that come from? I don't make my beats. Okay. I've made beats that I've rapped on before. Mm -hmm. I don't love my beats. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's well, that's what it comes down to. I was yeah. going to think of something like, oh, I'm not that good. I make beats. They're all right. Yeah. I don't think they inspire me the same way. Partially because mm-hmm. of, like, I started it from scratch. Yeah. When I hear a beat that's made and I'm like, oh, look at that. That has a thorough vibe, mm-hmm. you know, that I can compliment. And that was another thing that I kind of realized is, like, I'm good at rapping. I'm good at making words onto the beat. Mm. So I started honing in on like mixing and producing and stuff like that. And I did for a long time, honestly. And it kind of, I don't want to discourage other people because there are people who can do everything. Yeah. But for me, it was wearing on me. Everything uh, was wearing on me in the sense that like I wasn't, loving the music i was making i just felt like i was making it like a product 
you yeah. know, like, and it was, it was taking away the fun for me. Mm-hmm. So then I kind of quit. I stopped making music probably from like 2019, maybe early 2018 mm-hmm. to like 2020. Cause I was trying so hard to make beats and stuff. And yeah. then all of a sudden one day I was like on YouTube and I saw a beat and I was like, fuck it, let's just see what it sounds like, you know? Yeah. And immediately some words came to my head and I was like, oh, this is what I like. I forgot, you yeah. know, that this is the only thing I like. I like to be like, oh, this guy made a cool beat. Now I'm going to make a cool rap to it. I, you know? I, I totally understand that. Um, when I was younger, when I was like in high school, I was making like everything. Yeah. I had like three songs that I used YouTube beats for. And then from there on out, I was like, I don't want to deal with trying to buy beats like i'll just try to make stuff and it was terrible for the most part most of it was absolutely terrible i was when i first started i was using a casio keyboard um for everything including drums um Uh and like no it was no ability to quantize it so it was all just based on the rhythm it was literally your time yeah i had to line up the tempo and terrible choices of sounds using like air flutes and stuff like it was horrible that's how it um, always starts right yeah, yeah eventually i started working on some new programs and getting a couple good songs but it was literally like two like i had like two out of like i don't know 30 songs over that course of time yeah. um but w- after a long break of not doing music i, w- I was like i'm gonna start making music and you know what? I'm just going to use YouTube beats for this one because like I just want to focus on writing. I just want to because I'm I'm good at this and I it's the the one thing I'm really good at. And then after I put out a mixtape that was like that, I started making my only my own beats simply because I couldn't find beats in the style I wanted. Um there Yeah, there's that's super valid too. Yeah. Also like there tends to be a problem with, um, particularly with like pre-made beats, but also with hip hop beats in general of like not um, switching up for different sections of the songs. Yeah, like there'll be like four bars that are like low with no drums, and then it comes in like, but there's no like complete like oh here's the bridge of the song now, and yes. the chords have changed and everything's changed. And I I I I like the freedom of being able to do that with producing my own stuff for sure yeah yeah Um, that is a great point yeah it's i think in general in hip-hop there's no i i shouldn't say that in circles of people that i know in hip-hop there's a problem with not having song structure that it's just hook verse hook verse yeah um and i have one particular friend friend and he knows who he is and I tell him to listen to Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift has excellent song structure. Dude, Taylor Swift. Uh, bro, I love her. I'm I, a huge fan. Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. She's so um, great. But he, my friend does just hook, verse, hook, and then the song's done. And like, yeah. I think that works great for one song on the album, you know? 100%. But like, you gotta have... You got to have the back and forth between the hook and the verse and the bridge and the chorus, you know, just to like have the song grow and evolve you know i like i like being able to latch onto a song and hear it change over the course of three and a half minutes or so um so i yeah i i don't like when somebody just spits over a loop for two though like i say that but i do like that for um certain songs like i i think that variation over a project is the key i agree 
Yeah. Um, but you're a Taylor Swift fan too, huh? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah? I mean, I have been, honestly. But, like, dude, that album, like, Blank Space, you know that song? Yes. It's a great fucking song. Yeah. Like, I listen to that often. Yeah. And I have been listening to that since it fucking came out. Yeah, like that, that album is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and her new um, album is Her great, new though. album's pretty good, too. The, She's a great The lyricist. one before the new one, the uh, Nevermore or Evermore or whatever, yeah. that one, that was possibly my most listened to album that really? year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it was in competition with Billie Eilish's album that came out that year and Billie Olivia Eilish. Rodrigo's album Dude, and great the Jack songs. Harlow one. Jack okay. Harlow one was the only one that was like real hip-hop yeah, on that. Yeah, which, which with, Jack Harlow? Um, it, that's what they all say, I think was yeah. the name of it, with yeah. uh, the Delta Delta song mm-hmm. is on that one. That, yeah, that album. Bitch, ain't buying a yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that album is pretty great. I um, do agree. I, I love Jack Harlow. Um, yeah. I think... In my opinion, though, his best album is uh, Confetti. You know that one? Okay, yeah, yeah. Think... I've I've listened to like all most of his albums. Um, that's what they all say was the one that has gotten the most play. But Eighteen and Confetti, I listened to a good amount. Yeah, too. Eighteen is really good too, dude. Yeah, but yeah, Confetti. I feel like he was really on one. When yeah. he was making all those, you know. Um, did you see uh, Jeremy from Something Dope posted like a review of Jack Harlow's new album a couple weeks ago? Yeah, and I I, I commented I was like I was kind of disappointed in the last Harlow album. I didn't hate it; like it got a lot of hate. I thought it was all right. I just wasn't interested in hearing it more than once. You yeah. Know? Um, and so after seeing Jeremy's review, I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Um, and it's pretty good. The new one. Um, that song, Gang Gang, though. That is like crazy, right? It's a necessary song, dude. There's a couple things, and I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, because I wanted to talk about that album as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I was gonna tie it into what you were saying earlier is that 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 album actually does cover a lot. Yeah. Um, throughout Jack Harlow's career, he's very much like a beacon of confidence. You yeah. know, where like he's just like you know. Like, you look at that kid and you're like, dude, that kid probably got a lot of pussy in high school, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's not like you don't see him, like, struggling a lot. No offense to him, but, like, you know, white dude, you know? (laughs) But charming. Yeah, like, come on now. Yeah. And and he's, like, very well-spoken, you know? He's got manners and stuff. Like, he's got the whole fucking package. Yeah. So it's very, for me, it's super nice, and for other artists, I feel like, to hear him be like, dude... I'm second guessing myself. I don't know if I'm working. Like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that song Denver, which is so funny because of course it's called Denver, right? Yeah. But uh, he was just like very exposing himself. And I thought that was like so refreshing because I've never heard a Jack Harlow song like that. Yeah. Like that one song, uh, River Road. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? It's on yeah. Confetti? Yeah, it's the last one, right? Yes. Yeah. That one is super good. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's it's kind of like a vulnerable song like uh, like Denver. Yeah. But he's talking about like, dude, I'm putting everything I can into this and it's not popping. Like, what? I'm, I'm frustrated about that, you yeah. know? It's never like a, dude, I'm second guessing myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm going in the right direction, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think it is such like hip hop culture to be like, dude, look, I'm doing this. I'm right. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. 
And it's kind of not so popular to be like, bro, I'm just shooting in directions. I'm hoping that it works. I'm trying, but like, I don't know if it's right or wrong, yeah. you know? And I think that's just really nice to hear from an artist from that high up. Yeah, you know? that's, that's kind of the same thing that I liked about Gang Gang was that it's not part of hip hop culture to be like, hey, there's some things that you can do that I'm not gonna have your back with. Yeah. Like you can cross some lines, like that's not even, especially like there's hip hop that goes, hey, if you cross me, we ain't good anymore. Mm -hmm. But that song is not about that. That's like, hey, if you do certain things to other people, I'm not having your back in this. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, we're all good. I'll ride and die for you. But like, bro, this is too far. You, I'm not respecting you after this. Yeah. Um, and like, you don't hear that enough. Like, hundred percent. You yeah. always hear, oh, I got my dog's back. Yeah. That's my dog. That's my dog. It's no like, matter yo, what. What if your dog is touching kids? <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. Like, it's like, like okay, no, you're not. Off, yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm not riding with you on this one. This yeah. one, you're on your own. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And it's completely unspoken about. Yeah. It's totally That's, a huge, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But the, the other point about that Harlow album mm -hmm. is the first song, Common yeah. Ground. Mm -hmm. And it's such a valid point where mm -hmm. he's like, dude, this whole culture is turning into like not what it used to be. Like he's saying like these white kids, like the festivals are full of white kids with Larry Bird jerseys who are in a hurry to jump to a four count and say the N-word. Mm -hmm. And it's really true, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, it slowly shifted to like the consumers is like everybody. Yeah. Versus like hip hop was like a genre, you know? Yeah. And uh, now, it's, now it's so mainstream that everybody feels like they're a part of it. Exactly. So you yeah. got like these uh bloggers and stuff who are just you know white kids from the suburbs like mm -hmm. and he's like oh and they're saying who's real who's not like it's like but what are you doing for the culture you are not even part of this mm -hmm. you're just like including yourself in it and and then on top of it acting like you are the sayer of what's good and what isn't you know so and and people don't talk about that yeah they're like oh that's the blog you know what i mean but it's like but wait a minute who are these people? Yeah, I'll tell and you why what. Why are we validating it? I'll tell you what. I hate some festival people. <laughs> right? I, I, I had a <laughs> conversation with somebody on this podcast a while ago about like um, target audiences. I, I commonly ask art, artists, like, describe who your common art, audience would be, who, who your, like, your main fan based on your style, your brand, who that would be. And somebody said, like, festival goers. And I was like, I would have problems with fans because, like, <laughs> I, not for any valid reason, just because I'm a judgmental <laughs> prick. Uh, like I don't, I don't like, I don't like cool kids. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a bit of a loser. Right. So like anytime, like somebody who would go to Coachella or whatever, like any of these big festivals, I just picture like all the kids who are cooler than me going in high school that I would have problems with. You yeah, hundred percent. And not for any valid reason, just because I'm like. It's such a it's such it's a, a flaw yeah, in me, yeah. yes, because like I'm sure a lot of festival goers are some great nice people, but I just assume they're all yeah. like selfish, brain dead losers. <laughs> um, I get yeah. it. I get it. Honestly. But on that note, um, your target audience, yeah. the perfect backpack Zach fan. What what's, what are they like? Um, I mean, I think 
the perfect audience is mm -hmm. probably someone like me. Okay. And I think I can't appease anybody else to an extent because it's like, you got to make the shit that you like. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, who's going to like it, you know? Yeah. So I would like to say that it's like a 24-year-old kid who's like, you know, lost in trying to figure out what's going on and like also trying really hard at a goal. What kind of what kind of um, job does he have? What kind of car does he drive? Like, uh, see, because that's the other thing, man, is like I really do want to appeal to myself mm -hmm. at all times of my life, you know? So it's like yeah. in the future, I do. That's what I always talk about. Like in in my raps and stuff, I try to always say, like, I'm manifesting this perfect future bro you know? i am am not as cool and will probably never be as cool as i was when i was 19 i was the coolest kid <laughs> right like <laughs> no no joke i was awesome and so like when i make music one of the things that i i'm concerned about in it is like what would my 19 year old self think of this like if he heard this would he be like this is my favorite album because that's the goal if he thinks it's the best then i know it's a good album right um but then also like i try to do something that would help my 16 year old self become a better person and yeah. like fully grown mature person like lyrically that's what i want to do i want to inspire my 16 year old self to be better and then, like, sonically, I want my 19-year-old self to be like, this is the dopest album, shows it to all his friends. Because uh, I, I had a lot of uh, friends who made music when I was 19. So yeah. it's like, I want, I want him to be like, hey, y'all ain't up on this, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, that's a, I totally agree. I think of myself throughout my life. And I'm like, what would that person think of this? Mm -hmm. You know? Because my life is very, like you know, up and down. Like I was a different person for a year and then yeah. I was a different person for a year and I was a different person for a year. So it's definitely like, but at the same time, kind of back to what you were saying about how like you can try to do these things, but yeah. inevitably you'll be yourself, be yourself, you know? Yeah. So, um, I try not, I also try not to think about that too much. <laughs> that's, you know? that's funny. Like I always tell people like when they, you know, the common advice people give young men when they're trying to talk to girls is you know just be yourself and i always think that's the dumbest advice because like how are you going to be anything except yourself like that's all you can be right um like and it implies like no you know exactly what to do just trust yourself and it's like no when you're that young when you never had a girlfriend mm -hmm. you have no clue what to do right and so that's not good advice at all you can be yourself and you're just gonna be like hey How's it going? Right. And to have a conversation. That's how you become friends with somebody because exactly. you know how to be friends, but you don't know how you don't know how to progress that. Turn and so it like, into something different. Yeah, yeah. Being yourself, terrible advice. Almost I, in every situation. Like I, I think so funny. Yeah, you're like, dude, I've been being myself. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I don't have a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been being myself. We're really close. We're friends. Like it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm trying to do the next thing. What's the next thing? How do I do that? Right. Um, and I think in like any kind of pursuit like when people say it you know i'm just you know you just you just be yourself man you take your words and you put it to your music whatever you feel yeah i feel tons of things right and like which what do i do how do i how do i actually make that so 
I, I feel like it's a yeah. cop out of giving practical advice, being I, yourself, you know? I kind of agree, yeah. Yeah. At the same time, yeah, I totally hear that. Um, I was just thinking back on like the last time I gave advice yeah. about a girl. Um, mm -hmm. It was a kid I was working with at my old job. He's like 19. And like the girl, she didn't cheat on him, mm -hmm. but she was like talking to this dude mm -hmm. who she had history with. Mm -hmm. And he had expressed like, yo, I don't want, I don't want you talking to her, to him. And she continued to talk to him. And me and this other dude were kind of giving this kid advice. Yeah. And the, the other dude was like, yo, leave that girl because she doesn't care about what you think. Like if you said it and she didn't do it, that means that she's going to do it a hundred more times mm -hmm. because, and yeah. I'm like, I understand that a hundred percent at the same time. I was in a relationship for seven years. I understand that it takes forgiveness and it takes proving, you know what I mean? Like if, if my girl would have given up on me the first time that I lied to her, I'm not going to lie, then we wouldn't have had a relationship. Yeah. But she was able to forgive me and say, please don't do that again. And I said, okay, I get it. I fucked up. I didn't mean to hurt you like that. And now moving on, we can understand each other. There's something to be said about that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? At the same time, it's all subjective. It's yeah. based on what you want to deal with. That's You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, it's up to you, bro. Yeah, I you would know? say, like, you make the rules for how people treat you. Like, people, people bring up relationship questions, and it's like, is this okay that I'm being treated this way? And it's, it's like, it's up to you. Right. You can be treated however you want to exactly. be treated. It, it, it depends on if you own it or not. And, and, and it's a risk. Because you could say, I don't want to be treated this way. And the other person would be like, well, then I'm not going to treat you anyway. And I'm going to leave. And like, you could end up alone. If your standards are too high, you might be end up alone. But like, it's, it's a risk. It's a negotiation. You just have to, you have to test things out. It's, it's right. kind of, it's kind of like making music. You yeah. know, you take in a new thing and you try it. And if it doesn't work out, you you grow from it. You exactly. learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent, man. Um, yeah, I I think that uh, yeah. There, do you think uh, significant others should be friends with people of the opposite sex? See, because that's the thing. It's like it's a broad question. Okay, Here, I can see both sides. Here's what I tend to feel. I I feel like if the person you're friends with has a particular interest that you share, like in the music field, like if I'm friends with a girl that's a musician mm -hmm. and we work on music together yeah, and we producer. promote shows together, right. you know, like that's that's a reason to be friends. 100%. If we're just friends because we like hanging out with each other, that's where it gets weird. Yeah, that's a really good rule. Right? I think, yeah, I think that you could basically chalk it up to that. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, if it's not a, I guess if it's like, because you can say, oh, it's not romantic, but then it's like, but then what is it? Yeah. Like, you guys hang out and mm -hmm. you guys like each other's company and yeah. you just don't do anything. Like, that's romantic. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing that's preventing it from being romantic that you don't like the way they look. Because, right. like, that might change at some point. Exactly. So, it's like, is it me? Yeah. Is that the only reason why? Because otherwise, if I wasn't here, then you would just be romantically interested in this person. Yeah. Which is fine, but then what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a great 
great conversation. We just blew through this episode where we've reached the 50 minute mark. I always give the guests an opportunity here to shout out. I used to just have them shout out whoever, but it's it's been adding up over the past time. So here's what I do now. Shout out one person. I'm going to put their info down in the description of the video so that people can click that link. Whoever you think doesn't get enough recognition, any music, artist, um, whatever type of person, maybe of small business owners. For yeah. sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually want to shout out my friend Adrian. Uh, the real age is what he goes by. Um, he's my engineer and he's a great producer. He's a fantastic engineer, honestly. Like, okay. uh, I got nothing but good things to say about that dude because mm -hmm. I had never heard my voice. Like, one the way that I met him, like, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. Go but, like, uh, my buddy had me on a feature, mm -hmm. like, years ago, probably, like, 2020. And he's like, yeah, come to this studio. And I was like, okay, we're, like, we was always recording in the bedroom and shit. But he was like, come to the studio. And I was like, okay. I got in the booth, bro. And I'm like a one taker, you know, yeah. it's like, if it's not on the third one, then I'm like, dude, we're not doing this verse right now. You know, I'm really, because it's like music is energy and like, mm -hmm. you're supposed to capture a moment. If you can't capture that moment, don't do it right now because it's supposed to be perfect. Yeah. But I one took it and I walked back in. And by the time I got there, the presets that he put on my fucking voice, I was like, what the fuck is this, bro? Yeah. Like my voice sounds like Jesus. And so from then on, I was like, bro, this guy is actually him. Um, definitely the real age, man. Everybody in Colorado, if you don't uh, know how to mix and master or if you need beats, you should definitely hit my boy yeah. for real. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's amazing to me how much a good engineer fixes things. 100%. Like I, you know, everybody, I heard this. Um, I used to be in a uh, band at church when I was in high school, like oh, the nice. youth band. Yeah. Um, and we had this discussion with one of the singers who was talking about, you know, in American Idol, how they tell bad singers, like, have you ever recorded yourself and listened to you? Because you're not good and you mm -hmm. should know that, you know? Um, and the singer was like, that's kind of weird advice because the way you sound recorded is completely different than how you actually sound like it's got to be it depends on the quality of mic you use and it depends on how it's mixed and everything you if you just have a rough cut recorded through your micro through your headphone microphone like yeah, it's, it's not gonna, gonna sound good right but like even if you have a high quality studio mic if you just have the raw vocal, it's going to sound off. Like it doesn't sound Dude, 100%, good. 100%. Yeah. But when a good engineer starts adjusting the tone and everything, it starts sounding amazing. And I don't understand it at all. Like I'll watch my engineer do it. And like he does the thing where he'll like raise up the frequency and then adjust it until it starts feeding back. And then he'll lower it just below the line. Uh -huh. And like, yeah, I don't know what it does, yeah. but it works magic. And then you start sounding good. And it's like, because like often I'll, I'll get done with recording my vocals and then come out and listen to it and be like, oh man, this song is terrible. I don't know. Like, I thought it was good. I was excited to record it and yeah. now I'm listening to it and I hate it. I've had that. And yeah. then like it gets all adjusted and like, oh, that's how it was supposed to sound. Okay. It wasn't For that real. I did a bad job. It's just 
that's the process of like you make the raw and then you fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so shout out to good producer. What was his name again? The real age, the real age, right on. Um, I don't have anyone to shout out this week. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. But yeah. on that note, bro, backpack Zach. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Absolutely. Everyone check out his music on Spotify and thank you, for you guys me, have a good night. Take care.